Hi there, everyone. I'm Fox News' Roop Raj. On the January 25th edition of Let It Rip, we talked about whether or not former President Trump and President Biden are having mental health issues when it comes to how sharp they can be. We're also talking about a very important topic to many people, gun control. And there's new laws going into effect in Michigan. One woman who lost two sons to gun violence is speaking out about whether or not she believes politicians may be taking advantage of their positions to campaign for future office using gun control as one of their tenants will discuss that. And with that, let's let it rip. Tonight on Let It Rip, stricter storage laws for your guns are about to be on the books here in Michigan, but will they make our homes safer? A gun rights advocate says it'll make them harder to access when you need them most, but a well-known community activist says we need to do whatever it takes to keep firearms away from kids and keep those children alive. We're diving into both sides, but first. Just a little note to Nikki. She's not going to win. This race is far from over. No surprise, another victory for former President Trump, this one in New Hampshire, but his last Republican rival still standing. She says she's not going anywhere. Our Let It Rip panel is debating whether Trump or Nikki Haley has a better shot against President Biden, and if Haley has a shot at the GOP nomination at all. The debate starts now. And so it's time to let it rip with Democratic Congresswoman Haley Stevens, Republican State Representative Jim DeSanta, public relations guru and Democratic commentator and consultant Greg Bowens, and conservative consultant Jamie Rowe, Fox 2 anchor and attorney Charlie Langton. Here as well, Charlie, I think I had more coffee than you before this show for the first time ever in the history <laughs> oh, of our no. friendship. It's going to um, be good. It's going to be good because we have a topic that so many people are talking about. And yes, we're all talking about what happened in New Hampshire. Let's begin with Congresswoman Haley Stevens. Uh, many people will say, hey, look, no surprise prize here. Uh, another Haley did relatively well in New Hampshire, but she didn't drop out of the race. Are you surprised that she didn't drop out and that it's a Trump-Haley race right now? Well, she challenged President Trump to a debate and he has avoided the debate stage this entire primary process, and I actually think that's the thing to watch. Look, uh, she needs to win something. They're going to her home state coming up, uh, South Carolina. Is, is she going to win South Carolina? I think that would be pretty embarrassing. You see some of the pundits talking, well, maybe she's not come to terms with this yet. But yet, I think her supporters are saying stay in the game. And so that's probably why she hasn't made that move yet. Stay off the debate stage. If you talk to any uh, Trump consultant, I've talked to two of them on the phone in the last week, and they say that is the smartest thing that this man has done is stay out of the fray and say, I don't need this debate stage because the Republicans who want to vote for me are already going to vote for me. And some who are on the fence may join the party. Do you think that that's the case, Jim DeSantis? I do. I agree. Uh, I believe that New Hampshire proved that Trump has the Republicans voting for him. Uh, remember, New Hampshire, the five, four counties that are most populous are just north of Massachusetts. These are not hardcore conservatives in New Hampshire, a lot of moderates. Trump won most of the Republicans, and you know, they can ha they have the open primary where Democrats can come over and vote in the um, in the Republican primary also. Trump has the issues on his side. The border is resonating with everyone. And if you look, I'm not a huge, I don't have a lot of faith in the polls, but I believe that my poll in talking to people, 
everybody is concerned about what is happening at our border. At All our right, so let's border. talk about, uh, we talk a lot about the cognition and the mental acuity when it comes to Joe Biden, our president. But in recent weeks, we've talked a lot now about Trump's memory issues and some of his gaps as well. He called uh, at an event on Friday. Uh, he was talking about Nancy Pelosi, and four times he said, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley. He went on. She uh, must be keeping him uh, up he, at night. He said, he, defeated, he said that he defeated former President Barack Obama at the ballot box. He was talking about Biden. And he moved on to say that he aced a mental acuity test that began that test, which is online, by the way, with pictures of animals that you have to identify. If he aced that test, is that the test here, Jim DeSanta, or are we looking at two presidents or two presidential candidates that have both lost their ability to think clearly. Well, I know we're looking at one presidential candidate that's lost his ability to think clearly. Not prove, Trump? Uh, no, I don't believe Why? so. Well, I think in, in politics, gaffes are going to happen. They're, they're, and I would even give Joe Biden maybe a pass on some of his gaffes where, you know, you have to mention somebody's name and you, you're prepped maybe a minute or two before and you forget the name. And, you know, we all have those lapses. Nancy Pelosi versus <laughs> Nikki Haley, though, right? I mean, that's if, if the shoe was on the other foot, uh, we'd be, you would say the media would have a field day with it, but Greg Bowens, when you look at Mr. Biden as well, the president, um, it, it's been a lot. I mean, he actually went up to the Saudi crown prince, the one who uh, was asking for a, a journalist to be put to death. He gave him a fist pump. He called Kamala Harris a great president. He said there were 54 states in this country. And a lot of people are saying CNN and some of the other liberal press have just given this guy a pass. Do you believe that? No, I don't think that uh, uh, folks are giving him a pass. I mean, you're the president of the United States. You're under the biggest spotlight in the world. People are paying attention to every word that you say. But we're used to Joe Biden because when he was vice president, he would, you know, do something funny or interesting or quirky but or 54 make a states, Greg. I'm sorry. I mean, he wouldn't call say there were 54 states. Nor would he, uh, in in one case, look at LL Cool J and call him LLJ Cool J and then say <laughs> this boy has big biceps before he corrects himself and says this man. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. this is an issue that if no, you look at both I mean, these guys, I hear what you're saying, but I don't I don't I hear what you're saying, but you know we we don't have a president anymore who's talking about shooting yourself up with uh, bleach to combat the coronavirus. You want to talk about crazy? We got years of craziness with Trump, and we are starting to see how he's, how he's like unraveling <laughs> let's, here. Let's talk uh, about those indictments. Uh, do you oh, think the indictments? God. Do you think the indictments are helping him? Many people say he's not able to campaign because he's always in court. He was in court again today. Jamie Rowe, he holds news conferences after he's done with court and uses it as a way to talk to his base. Is this helping him? It's not only talking to his base, Roop. If you look at every single national poll that's come out over the last couple of months, Donald Trump is leading Joe Biden. I think the American. If if there were another country on earth who the the regime in charge was prosecuting its lead political opponent like the Biden administration is doing to Joe Biden, we would call it a banana republic. The Biden okay. administration is doing to Joe Biden? Greg, I didn't, giving, I didn't interrupt you. I didn't, inter I didn't interrupt He's you. He's misspeaking. I didn't interrupt you, Greg. The fact is, the Biden, administration, the Biden administration has been prosecuting Trump, and I think there are a great many people in this country who feel he's being persecuted by this administration, particularly given the fact that you have his son who has engaged in 
influence peddling across the globe. But wait a minute, you mean to tell me, I'm sorry, Jamie, I will interrupt for the interest of time, but I have to get to one of the main points of this. You're saying that the Biden administration is prosecuting Trump. This is the justice system in which cases have been brought up and three federal indictments have been passed down. When you look at Hunter Biden and the case that's being formed against him, would you say the same thing about him? No. After they let the statute of limitations run out on all of the foreign influence money that he got during the time when Joe Biden was vice president, the Justice Department let that let, let the statute of limitations clock run out and didn't charge him with anything. And it was millions upon millions of dollars he received from foreign sources that he never paid taxes on. You talk to most of the people on the streets of Metro Detroit from downriver to downtown Detroit, Charlie. Are people throwing their hands up in the air saying this is what we're left with, two close to 80-year-olds? One is uh, there and one is approaching that, and this is who we have? Uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe. People are incredulous. I, I, you know, I, I listen. I, I, these are the two best candidates we have. Listen, when you're in the spotlight, I think, as, as someone said, you're gonna you're gonna be scrutinized so much. So you can't you can't run from the president of the United States. I think the issue is gonna come down to first of all, I don't think we'll ever see a, a Biden-Trump debate. If Trump is the nominee, I think he will be. I don't think so because I think everyone's gonna run and hide. So we're gonna get sound bites. We're gonna get these TikTok. It's gonna be a TikTok campaign. Is so what, what effect does be. that have? Meaning we're not gonna know who these people are. Now, we know these people are because they're in office, and it's going to be all negative. This is going to be the most negative campaign. I think the issues are going to separate. I think the Democrats are going to harp on abortion. Trump's going to harp on the border, and security, and economy. It's just going to be a mean, mean, mean campaign. So, Congresswoman, do the American people deserve better than Joe Biden and Donald Trump? I think the American people need four more years of Joe Biden delivering for our manufacturing economy, like he's done here in Michigan alongside Governor Whitmore, lowering the cost of prescription drugs like he did two years ago when we passed the Inflation Reduction Act. He has a plan to ban assault weapons and take on a gun violence epidemic, which, by the way, when you talk about the border, Mexico is now uh, allowed to sue our gun manufacturers over because it's our guns that are going to their cartels. And increasing violence. But speaking and so, of the border, Congresswoman, this particular president, by uh, you know many people who are saying, even Democrats are saying, more needs to be done. Kamala Harris is the border czar. What has she done? Yeah, we and we've talked about that before on on this show. And I'll tell you something, Rope. The Democrats want to get something done. We have proposed funding for security, for technology, and we just heard from Mitt Romney today. The Republicans don't want to do anything on the border because Trump is telling them not to. So, yeah, it's unsafe, and it was unsafe when Donald Trump was president. I went down there. I saw it. I was in El Paso. I crossed over. I saw what was going on, and I had to pass that supplemental funding. Joe Biden wants to make government work for people. That is what he has done. We have not woken up to tweets. We don't have a president denying the results of an election, lying over and over again, having his his uh, cabinet and his uh, officials go to jail, like what just happened today with Peter Navarro. Enough with okay, the chaos. Let's just, well, let's just say, let's for, just for say, denying a, for denying a subpoena to appear before Congress, like Hunter Biden denied a subpoena to appear. Before Hunter Biden's Congress. not in office. Let me ask you this, though. If another four years of, of Joe Biden, President Biden, many people are questioning, even many Democrats have said, I don't know if he's going to be okay in four years mentally. Do you believe that he has the mental acuity and the sustenance and the fortitude to do another four years? I trust the Biden family. And I'll tell you, oh Dr. God. Jill Biden 
and his and his wife, right, Dr. Jill Biden, his wife, she would not let him do another four years if she didn't think he was ready to do it. I knew Joe Biden's mother. She lived to a very old age. He is a spring chicken by all accounts. He loves Detroit. He's here at every turn. I know he's secretly rooting for the Lions. And I'm going to tell you, he has a love for this country in his heart. He's not seeking to divide people. He's bringing folks together and he's making things work. Prices for things are 18% more than they were in 2021. Going to the grocery store, kitchen table economics. Most people who are watching care about how much a carton of eggs and meat and milk will cost. Do you think this president has done a good job handling inflation? I do believe that Joe Biden has delivered for the American people, particularly with the lowering the cost of the prescription drugs, the prescription formula. Drugs, but groceries. Groceries. Look, he's gas. Gas right? is well, it's under three dollars right, the other Jim, day. Jim, Jim <laughs> what is your what are your thoughts? What does Nikki Haley have to do to try to snatch this away from from Trump? Do you think she has a chance? Um, no, she has no chance. She's going to lose bad in South Carolina. I live in Trump territory. I live in Monroe, northern Monroe County. I'm from Downriver. It's all Trump territory. Trust me. It's it's hardworking people that work in that have worked in factories, families that work hard for a living. They know the issues you're mentioning, Rube. They know the cost. Uh, they they are out there buying groceries. And for a really wealthy person, groceries may not may not be as big a part of their budget. But can Trump budget. win a general election? Absolutely. Will Democrats. Yeah, have Absolutely. to have crossover. What would a Democrat? Why would a Democrat vote? for Trump. Well, you know, and here's the paradigm I think we're looking at in Michigan and across the country. Only, uh, you know, we're not looking at a huge Republican base and a huge Democrat base. There are a lot of people in the middle. And just on the issues that Root mentioned, the way that they are going to vote for Trump is on the bread and butter issues on our, our energy economy we, and on the border. We only and have 30 seconds left. There. Jamie Rowe, who's the bigger threat to Joe Biden, Nikki Haley or Donald Trump? Donald Trump. Why? Donald Trump's going to be the Republican nominee, plain and simple. He's leading Joe Biden in every national poll that's come out. He's leading in, in Michigan right and now. And the UAW can Biden, just can endorsed Biden. Biden. Trump? <laughs> can Biden beat Trump? And Sean Fain went on uh, New Cavuto and said that majority of his members are going to vote for Donald Trump. Well, can Biden so, beat Trump? Yes. Yes. No, no. Yes, he can. Trump? No, he will not beat Trump. Jamie Rowe. Greg, Greg, final thoughts. I love you. these gaffes, you know, uh, over here. I, eggs cost $1.19. I was in Kroger just the other day, and I bought it. You know, so when we talk about the economy, <laughs> when we talk mind. about what's per going egg? on. I don't know what kind. Of, is that per egg? Well, I think gas is two ninety nine. Are you kidding me? When you want to talk about the growth in income and wages and the increases that the labor unions were able to get, the victory that were happened. Yeah, Things are rolling up. But you know, here's here's what's happening here. You gotta wrap it up right this. On, on, on my right and left, I got the doom and gloom twins that are a reflection of what Donald Trump and the GOP is talking yeah. about. And we all live the time. in the real world. Greg Bowen, no, you don't live Greg in the real Bowen, world. Detroit you live, says you live that, in that Q hole. Greg Bowen, that's right. Detroit says the economy is the great. Jamie Rowe, Greg Bowen, Jim Hosanna, Congressman Daley Stevens. You can continue this conversation during the break. We can all agree that the Lions are going to win against. Yeah. We can all get on board with that. Thank you for our guests for joining us here today. Next up, gun owners, listen up. If you have kids in your home, there are new laws you'll have to follow starting next month, and it has to do with keeping your guns secure. But gun rights activists, while well, they're questioning the moves to keep kids safe, are they actually keeping your home secure? That debate when we come back.
right now, let it rip debating the new safe storage laws taking effect in just a matter of a few weeks. I'm joined now by community activist Shama Yim Harris, also known as Mama Shu, and Bill Cusick from Action Impact Firearms Stores. Fox 2 anchor and attorney Charlie Langton here as well. The governor talked about this yesterday in her State of the State address proudly, as many Democrats have, uh, saying that this is going to make a difference. Uh, safe storage laws, universal background checks, creating extreme risk protection laws like red flag laws, and a gun ban for those convicted of domestic violence. And so, uh, you know what? You have to talk to someone who's actually been hurt by gun violence. And Mama Shu, we are terribly sorry, of course, to know that you've lost not one but two sons uh, because of gun violence. And so we have you on this panel today to ask you, are the Democrats getting this right by passing this bill, by passing this law? <laughs> wow, are the Democrats getting it right? Um, so I, th I would say partially. Hmm. What do you I mean? would say partially as far as the storage, the gun storage laws, um, I think that they would be able to keep the, um, the children safer, but I also think that education, the children should be educated about guns, no to not even touch them. I think education is important. I think that families should have education when owning a firearms. I think that children should know the details of it. Uh, I do think that uh, storing the gun when the children are um, certain ages, I do believe that, but I also believe that we should be protected at that time too. So you really can't get to a gun in a box if it's stored away. I think that um, that's why I think that the education piece is really important. Important. Children, young people need to know that this is a no-no, and they need to learn all of the mechanisms, and they need to un understand the laws and things like that themselves. They get curious. They need to understand sure. that, you know, and they do things. Sometimes they take them out the house. Um, but if they know that this is uh, an important thing, if they know this is a family thing, that seems like it's a family talk. You have faith in families uh, out there, the, the, the stories that we report upon where children are home alone because either their parents or not, not with them uh, to, to get the education and actually implement it? I think that if the, the uh, parents are not at home, I think that the guns should be put somewhere safely. I do. Locked up. I do. Bill Cusick, uh, we've had you on so many times, uh, and you've talked about the fact that you think that these don't make a difference. All of these statues don't necessarily make a difference. Uh, but we've seen that where they've been implemented in states that that's happened, these safe storage laws, that they've seen deaths in some cases uh, have gone down 50 percent. Uh, isn't that enough, even if it saves one life, to put this law into effect? And are you happy about it? Yeah, let me just make it clear. I'm, I'm always hopeful that any of these laws will have an influence and reduce victims. I'm always hopeful for that. Uh, am I optimistic? No, not always. So, you know, I, I'm going to agree that children need to be educated because oftentimes the parents aren't in a position to even hear this message. I think if you have to tell somebody to keep your gun away from a child, you might be wasting your breath here because you're not reaching your audience. That's, that's so how, how I feel reach, about it. How do you reach the audience? Well, I don't know if you'll reach that audience, but you can reach the children because you have them almost as captive listeners when they're in school, right? So here they are, maybe if we can educate them. So a lot of the problem arises, and I think she kind of 
approached it, right? Depending on where you live depends on the level of fear that you have. Mm -hmm. And you feel the need, you don't have that much confidence in your ability, so you feel the need to get your hands on your gun right away. So that's why these guns are out on nightstands and tops of refrigerators and, and so in dresser drawers. So putting them away and locking them up or taking, uh, putting a gun lock on it, that prevents the person from being able to protect themselves in many cases, people will argue, right? That instance does, but here's what they make. Technology really works well. They have quick access safes where you just enter really quick a four-digit code. That door pops open on that safe. And it's it, it's so quick, it's not going to affect your ability to protect yourself. Here's the problem. They cost, right? So they'll cost anywhere from 100 to $200. And these are people who, are, who may be struggling to put Absolutely. food on the table. So, You're going to tell them to, to, to put that much money up. Charlie, is, is, there, is, is this just a law that, that makes people feel good and, and may not have the impact that it's meant to have? No, I think even the hardcore gun people would say, if you've got minors in the home, lock your guns up. That's common sense. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's legitimate. Uh, you know, background checks, I think there are plenty of background checks now, uh, but I think they have to be enforced. But I think they are, for the most part, being enforced. People People like Bill Cusack, he's not going to sell someone a gun the wrong way, and and he's had so many dealings with the with the cops over the years, and he cooperates with the cops. So the problem is illegal guns. Red flag law is a little bit different. Let's see how that. I want to see how that works right now. Listen, I was just in the Jennifer Crumbly trial uh, today, where uh, basically a mother is on trial because her son committed a terrible four murders at Oxford High School, and the issue for the prosecutor is really they did not educate their child on safety with guns, arguably. They left the gun out. They had a, 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 a mentally ill, arguably, 15-year-old, 15 15 year and they bought him a gun. So I don't know if there's going to be a conviction. Let this first day of testimony, there's a lot more to come. But this is going to set a precedent that if you have a gun in your house, if you're a parent, keep the guns away from young people. And especially people that have some problems. So would, would the case, in, in, and we don't want to adjudicate the Crumbly trial here, but in a case similar to the Crumbly trial where you have this 15-year-old who grabs a gun that's unsecure, Mama Shu, I got to ask you, in that particular case, when you see that, uh, would any law that's in the books actually prevent uh, somebody who may be a parent that's not responsible to become responsible? Do laws actually help people change their behavior? Do laws actually help people change their behaviors? Mm -hmm. um, I think so. Mm -hmm. I think it does. I think it does. I think that um, they will uh, uh, they will see consequences um, for their actions. But I do believe that uh, that is part of the family responsibility to make sure that um, that doesn't happen. To make sure that the children are educated. They actually know. I think he, what uh, Charlie said is common sense put the guns away, um, that's common sense. Is this a family talk or is this education formally in the classroom? How do you go about uh, getting that message through you to know, these people? I think that in this day and age, and there's so many guns out there that locked up their license and all of that, the guns that I would like to really concentrate on is the ones that are out there killing people, um, you know, that uh, are just random guns and everything. Um, so. 
storing it and everything, that's common sense. I think that they should learn that in school. I think that there should be family meetings about that. They should learn about that because this whole gun thing, people getting hurt by them, it's just a big thing in our uh, society, in our community, In period. the case of two of your sons who were taken away because of gun violence, would any of this extreme risk protection, red flag, uh, red flag laws, uh, any of that, would that have prevented the, the shooter from hurting your sons? Uh, I don't think so. I think that uh, those were criminals. I think that they were out there doing bad things. And um, I think that that was basically their agendas. And I doubted if their guns were even registered, these random guns. My son was killed with an FNN. Uh, you know, just like who has those kind of guns just out there, period. So those, we're not talking, those are the, to me, those, that's, I would like to see concentration more on that. So the law-abiding citizens bill are not the ones we have to worry about. It's the people who are doing this illegal or illegally already are people who are doing illegal things worried about the law at all. Right. So she makes such an excellent point here. So, you know, we don't, we don't have to really regulate law-abiding citizens, do we, too much? We have a ton of laws on the books. You can't murder somebody. You can't rob them. And they only discourage some people. These laws are only going to discourage some people. Yeah, if we save one child's life, that's, that's worth it to me. I feel that way. But maybe we should put some time and energy. I don't think it should be, a, 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 you know, something a, a politician carries to say, hey, look what I did. I don't like, I don't like it when politicians seem to latch on to that. Look what a great job I did, and, I, and I'm using this tragedy to advance my career. I don't like that. You uh, think that perhaps some lawmakers are doing that with Oxford I, and absolutely. MSU? Absolutely. I think they do it with a ton of issues like that. They'll latch on to an issue that they know is going to create some emotion in the public, and that's going to be the banner that they carry. So even when I when I research these laws online, when you read the language that it's used, it's like, here's your praise, here's your compliments for proposing this bill, yet that was the job you asked to do, so why do you need all this praise for doing your job? Mama Shu, would you feel that way when you hear, whether it be a Democrat or a Republican, when they talk about, hey, look at what I've done, and they use examples of tragedies, do you think that that's using uh, the victims of tragedies to advance their political careers? Um, I think that is the, the, I think it is so sometimes, I do. Does that bother you? Um, yeah, it bothers me a little bit. I mean, you know, if you're not truthful, if you're not, um, uh, organic, if you're not real with your purpose uh, of being out there and running for office, first of all, and you use these little pieces of, like he said, little pieces of information just to, um, further your career. So, yeah, I would like to see more people being sincere about even if when they're running for office for anything. We give you a lot of time because of the fact that you know firsthand what that feels like to hear that. Charlie, she's making a point that many people at home may agree with. I agree with her. I agree with both. I think common sense, common sense gun laws. You can have a gun to protect yourself. That's the Second Amendment. That's what this country is built on to some extent. But you got to do it responsibly. Teach people how to respect guns. Will the and law, that's what they have to do. Will the law actually help? Back in a moment now with final thoughts. Final thoughts now. Forget about the adults for a moment and go right to the kids. That's what we've been talking about during that commercial break. Mama Shu, start education really early about gun safety with kids? I think so. How I early? I think so. I think maybe as early as maybe third grade, third, fourth grade. I think that they should learn something, even if it's something very basic. You know, start with the basics. Let them know. Show them that because they already see their cousins, they already see their siblings getting killed through. I, I mean, sure. and it's sad, and Bill, they see that. You agree with that? Absolutely. I agree with it. Listen, these children are already being influenced and educated by the music that they listen to, by the movies that they watch, by
by the TikTok that you talked about earlier. So let's do it in a, a, a more educational fashion, right. right at third grade. Let's let's not avoid this. It's any never longer. one thing. It's always a little more complicated than right. that. Mm -hmm. But starting with the children may not be a bad idea. Mama Shu, we thank you You're for welcome. joining us here today, and we think about your two sons. We do. Thank you, Bill Cusick. Thank you. Thank Charlie, you. we'll see you next week as well. And that does it for this edition of Let It Rip. The Let It Rip discussion continues online. Sound off on Facebook, X, formerly Twitter, or fox2detroit.com.